Good day to you ladies and gentlemen and welcome to Film Focus, episode 62, the review for Fantastic Beast: The Crimes of Grindelwald. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen of the North, South, East, and West, and welcome to another episode of Film Focus. I am your host, the Hypersonic 55, and I'm glad that you decided to join me once again for some film-related discussion. And as you can see from the title of this episode and from the start of this episode, you know it's review time again. And today we get to talk about the sequel to Fantastic Beasts and where to find them in the form of Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Now, mate... I'm just going to put this up front before we get into this review. I am not the most hardcore of Harry Potter fans. I never read the books. I only really attempted to read the books after the films came out because the films really hooked me. So there may be mistakes or information that eludes me. So if you are shouting at me during the time of this review, apologies. But, you know, I'm not on that hardcore end of the spectrum. I'm simply casual. But with all that being said, here's a little bit of history. Uh, with the last Fantastic Beast film that came out in 2016, I know there was a lot of hype behind it. You know, it was based on a book that came out in 2001 by J.K. Rowling, and there was a big deal with her being, you know, the scribe for the film adaptation. And we hadn't had any Harry Potter films since, you know, uh, Deathly Hallows Part 2. So there was five years of no Harry Potter films. So before that film had come out, I was like, why? But then I answered my own question because, obviously, money. Warner Brothers hadn't had nearly as much financial success without the Harry Potter films, so they needed to get that cash cow back. And they know that the Potter fans are nutcase, and they'll go to any form of adaptation because they're, they're salivating for that kind of stuff. And I totally understand. And I was interested to see a film that took place, you know, before Harry Potter, learning about how magic and wizardry operated outside of, like, basically England and what would happen with, you know, was it American side of things? Because obviously the film was set in America and it was all this other stuff. And Fantastic Beasts, the original, I thought was okay. There are loads of people that loved it, but I just didn't see it. I thought the film was, like I said, okay at best. There was some interesting stuff going on with some of the beast designs and some of the visuals were cool and I thought Colin Farrell was great and I felt like he would have been a much better choice for Grindelwald after you have obviously had that whole uh, switcheroo with him and Johnny Depp at the end of the movie and I thought Johnny Depp just looked kind of weird with that weird blondie hairdo but that film to me was just a bit hit and miss not only with the humour but it had a sort of identity crisis in the sense that it had two different tones that it kept that kept trying to battle it out. There was times where it wanted to be light, there was some times where it wanted to be funny, but then there was other times where it wanted to be serious and more aggressive. And I'm like, I don't think the film found a good balance between the two of them. And it just felt awkward to watch. The film, just as an overall thing, I just swept another carpet and I was just like, let's just not speak of it again because I don't care about it. I don't hate it, I just don't care. So when this new film was coming out, I was just like, Ugh, okay, here we go again. And I was especially sort of lukewarm on the idea of watching this movie considering that I'd heard in the press, like, you know, just hearing on certain news sites, that they had planned to make at least five more sequels beyond the first Fantastic Beasts film. And I'm like, 
My gosh, they're gonna milk this franchise dry. I mean, there's only one Fantastic Beast book, to my knowledge at least. How are you gonna span this out? I mean, obviously there's connected tissue that you can make between the Fantastic Beast films and the Harry Potter films, and I'd be interested to do it, but if your sole reason for making these films is just to make money and not make connective tissue that has any reason to be there or has an interesting reason to be in film, then why do it? Um, again, it's a money thing, I know, but still, it's just... I don't like the idea of being forced fed films that don't have like a purpose for being or at least have a creative purpose for being it's just monetary and I'm like come on now just just stop that but anyway beyond that whole palaver I was like you know what screw it I need to go back and check out this Fantastic Beast film just to see what the crack is and I went to see it last night with my sister and her friend and um you know what color me surprised I was very surprised I actually liked this film a fair bit more than the original I'm not going to say it's like one of my favorite films of 2018, not by any stretch of the imagination, but it was definitely better than I expected. And I feel like I will be one of the few people in this camp because everybody bummed the hell out of the first one, but we're going to do the standard thing. Story, characters, presentation, and then conclusion. And uh, yeah, by the end of this, I hope you will understand my feelings. So with all that being said, let's jump in. All right, so the plot for this film can be described as the following. The plot follows Newt Scamander and Albus Dumbledore as they attempt to take down Grindelwald while facing new threats in a more divided wizarding world. And that is the synopsis of the film without going into the area spoilers. However, there is so much more to this film than that basic sentence I just gave you there. The thing about Fantastic Beasts is it's a lot more complex and layered than the last film. The last film you could easily sum up to a simple sentence like this. There's a number of crazy beasts of all different shapes and sizes that got out of a magic suitcase. And there's one guy and some other guy that have to, you know, team up and get all the beasts and put them back in the suitcase. And that's it. I mean, there's a lot more things that happen in the film, obviously, with Grindelwald running around in the background and, like, you know, that whole thing with Credence and blah, 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 blah. But, like, that film was very simple to sum up. A whole load of crazy beasts go out of a suitcase and you've got to put them back. That's it. This film, technically speaking, you can say that it's all just about Newt Scamander and Dumbledore trying to, you know, was it stop Grindelwald from doing bad things. But there is so much other stuff going on with this film. You have all these themes and issues relating to revenge, family, guilt, isolation and loneliness not knowing oneself and the whole segregation going on with the wizarding world between obviously those who have magical powers and those who don't which are obviously issues that were brought up in the Harry Potter films but you can see that this is where the origins of it are starting to come into play that would obviously take effect many decades later and yeah I mean obviously Newt is the main character you have Dumbledore, you have Grindelwald, but then you have all these other sort of characters running around and they have all their issues and it feels like, oh gosh, it's, uh, there is a whole cascade of things happening in multiple different locations. You're hopping all over the place and people said that there was a lot going on in Avengers Infinity War, but look at Fantastic Beast number two. There is a heck of a lot going on with 
characters, side characters, and minor characters, and there are things that happen in this film that have ramifications for the future, there are things that happened in the past that have, like, you know, was it a ramification for things happening right now, there is a lot of moving parts, and that definitely makes this film a little hard to follow. Now, I have never found any of the Harry Potter films to be hard to follow. Obviously this is not Harry Potter but it takes place within the same universe so run with it for a second. So with any of the Harry Potter films if there were points where you couldn't follow what was going on which I feel after Order of the Phoenix things started to get a little bit more complicated with the uh, backstory and histories relating to Voldemort, Dumbledore, you know, is it the Horcruxes and all this other sort of palaver that you had to deal with but most of the time you could understand what was going on either because you'd followed what happened from the previous film or the singular film that you was watching had enough information in there for you to, you know, comprehend what was going on. It was not a complicated, you know, film series to understand. Harry Potter was pretty straightforward. This film, on the other hand, has a heck of a lot of stuff going on. Certain things that are planted that will have, you know, is it uh, relevance later on? Um, either you know later on in this film or later on in the sequels and there is just a whole load of extra detail with some of these minor characters and certain people explaining details that just became hard to follow I was listening to somebody's conversation I'm like what huh and I've just never had to pay attention so attentively in any of these films up until this point even the last film wasn't as complicated and uh this led me to missing a whole load of information, and I feel like, specifically, this film was made for those hardcore Harry Potter fans who know their lore, who know everything about the books, about the films, and know about whatever expanded universe palaver that goes on within those books as well. So, I feel like there's a whole load of minor, noteworthy, verbal and visual references that obviously, you know, Potter fans will pay attention to, but will probably go over the heads of many audience members. But I feel like sometimes there's just people talking, and there is one scene in particular where it's one person with an accent who's talking and the amount of information he spouts out in a very short space of time and you're just trying to comprehend and take in what he's going on about but it's just too quick it feels like there's a whole massive textbook of information being thrown at your head and you're just like i, I only got like you know a half of that could you please repeat yourself and the film just keeps going it's like oh okay kind of sucks but there you go so yeah, um, there's a lot of moving parts of the story, there's a lot of things that happen and it was kind of hard to follow at times, but as an overall plot, I found this film just more interesting than the last film in the sense that I feel like there's a greater sense of urgency, there's a better sense of tone balancing because with the last film like I said there was some issues with it trying to be light but then trying to be serious and I don't think those mesh together well but with this film I felt like the serious tone was abundantly clear over the course of the film and the use of humor and light-hearted stuff to break up like you know was it the more serious elements was used more sparingly but used correctly so when the film was funny it was funny but it didn't feel like it was clashing with the tone of the film it just felt like a nice balance I also really liked the idea of what was going on with Grindelwald and the what he represented and why people wanted to follow him and seeing how the uh, wizarding world was starting to change in the sense that obviously there's uh, people on both sides of the fences obviously those who are magical and those who aren't and seeing how 
there are rules in place for how these people should and shouldn't interact, but how Grindelwald wants to change things. And it's interesting just seeing how this whole uh, mythology plays out. And you can see the seeds being sowed in there for like you know the future movies and all that. And I found just a lot of these things to be pretty interesting. There's some emotional depth to this film that I didn't expect. And just overall, I found the story just to be pretty interesting. Some interesting reveals and a lot of questions that got answered, but then there was a whole lot of them that didn't get answered. So this film, whew, there's a lot going on and I feel like it might go over a lot of people's heads and this will probably be a detriment to a lot of people. And though there was a lot of things that I couldn't follow in this film, I found it still pretty entertaining and just more interesting than the last one. So yeah, I thought the story was pretty good. As for the cast, I thought they were pretty good, though some do stand out more so than others. Eddie Redmayne as Newt Scamander, I actually liked in this film. Now with the first film, I understand what they were doing with this character in terms of his like, you know, is it social awkwardness and, you know, his stuff, but I've just found him not very compelling as a protagonist. I just found him more annoying than anything else. But I don't know if it's just because I had time to adjust or it's just that they utilized him better in this film, but I found him a lot more captivating in this film. Just seeing how he is still, you know, very reluctant to pick a side and just wants to help people but also help his beasts and stuff like that was pretty good. But I liked how he was utilized in this film. Eddie Redmayne, he continues to be an interesting chameleon as an actor, being able to fit into so many different types of roles. And I thought he was good in this film. I liked him. He was cool. Catherine Watson as uh, Tina, I thought she was fine. I never really had a major, like, you know, was it, opinion on her in the last film, and I thought, you know, she was better in this one, but again, I don't have much to say about her. Dan Fogler as Jacob, I thought he was one of the most annoying sidekick characters I'd ever seen in the first film. I just found him very annoying and just a general nuisance. But here, he was just alright. I feel like his humorous moments were a lot better this time round, and... I feel like he had a greater purpose because of his relationship with Queenie. He just felt like the bumbling fool in the last one. And while he is a bit more, well, he's still the same in this film. There is just a little bit more for him to do. And I felt like there was a lot more serious elements or at least serious size to him. Alison Sadul, is that how you say her name? As Queenie, she's an interesting character because of her abilities and... I thought she was fine, but again, I don't really have much to say about her. Ezra Miller as Credence, man, that guy goes through a lot in this film. I don't feel like this film does a good job of giving you um, the range of what Ezra Miller can do as an actor. I have really liked him for a good few years, especially after seeing him in um, The Perks of Being a Wallflower. And obviously everyone goes on about, uh, we need to talk about Kevin, which I still haven't seen yet, which is still on my list, but the guy is pretty versatile and he is pretty good as an actor. It's just that in this film, all he does is just, you know, sort of scowl and moan about like, you know, is it not knowing who he is. And while you do get some decent moment of acting here and there and some answers to certain questions, it, he's just there as a character, not really much to say about him. Zoe Kravitz was surprisingly interesting as Lita Lestrange. I thought she had a pretty interesting plot in terms of like how her history is, what's going on with her family, her ties to Newt. She is a very troubled individual who is strong-willed 
very stern. She definitely has a sort of sweet side to her, but it's sort of suppressed due to like her um, conflicted past, let's put it that way. And uh, I like Zoe Kravis. I like her as an actress, and uh, she was put to good use in this film. I liked her. And Callum Turner as Theseus Commander, like in you know, a Newt's brother, I liked him. He was cool. And uh, Claudia Kim as Nagini. Well, you know, obviously there's the whole palaver about, oh my gosh, Nagini is a, a lady and she turns into a snake. What? But the film didn't make so much of a big deal about that, surprisingly enough. And uh, I thought she was fine. And then there's also Jude Law as Albus Dumbledore. Now, I thought it was a little weird when he got cast, but then I thought about it just a few more minutes, and I'm like, you know what, this could actually be pretty good, and I thought Jude Law was really good as Dumbledore. He has this really nice, upbeat, wise vibe to him. You can tell that there is a lot of regret and um, melancholy behind his uh, demeanor. Like, you know, is it you feel like there is a lot more going on beyond what you can see on the surface level. But yeah, I really like Jude Law in this role, and uh, he has some great screen time with Newt. There was some interesting stuff you learned about him and his history with Grindelwald, and like, uh, it was just, I like him. It was good stuff. And speaking of Grindelwald, we also had to talk about Johnny Depp as uh, Gillard Grindelwald. My gosh, I'm butchering names left, right, and center, but I thought he was good. And I thought he was a pretty interesting character in the sense that you can see that he has a lot of the elements that would come with later wizards that, you know, people hate, like, obviously, Salazar Slytherin and uh, Voldemort. But this guy seems a little bit more, you know, reasonable. He's a man that does bad things, but he has a purpose. And he doesn't hate non-wizards. He just wants to change the rules up so that you know, things are fair in his eyes. Now, obviously, the way in which he goes about doing some of these things is pretty bad, but for the most part, you can sort of understand where he's coming from. And I thought he was an interesting guy who did a lot, but also didn't do much at all at the same time. So um, he made a lot of movements. He said some good speeches, but at the same time, there was he didn't do much to, you know, as it enticed me at the same time. So he was good, but, you know, kind of ineffective at the same time. Now, when it comes to the presentation, I thought the film was pretty good, though I had some issues with the visual effects side of things. Now, visually, the film was really good. It's very dark, which um, was both a good and bad thing. Obviously, after um, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, these films tended to take on a more darker visual tone with a lot more emphasis on, like, you know, blacks and greys and deeper contrasts and stuff like that, which obviously emitted a mood that was a little bit more moody, dark, and sinister, and that definitely works for this film, but there were certain times where the action was happening, especially in the opening action sequence. There is a lot going on, but this just feels like it was quick cut, a lot of flashes of imagery, and I'm just like, mate, when did it become, like, you know, so standard for action sequences to be so disorientating? Not that I felt like, you know, is it dizzy or anything like that, it's just that... For all that was happening on the screen, it just felt a little bit chaotic and it just could have been a little bit simpler if they had implemented certain other filming techniques or shot it at different angles. But anyway, that being said, I thought the film looked really good. The beast looked so clean and pretty and there was such a great sense of scale and um, 
detail that went into everything from really big crazy creatures to the really nice and small ones there was some decent interaction between you know was it the uh, visual effects based stuff and the real life stuff and I liked most of the action sequences. Some of that stuff was really creative, good use of color palettes, and um, it looked really nice. There was some really interesting stuff done here. And the film score as well, which I think was done by James Newton Howard, I thought it was good. It definitely had a little bit more presence than the last film. And while it doesn't, you know, as it reached the heights of what happened with obviously the first three Harry Potter films or what Patrick Doyle did with Goblet of Fire, this definitely had, I think, was it a better present than the last one and just had some nice moments to, um, you know, reference some of the Harry Potter, like, you know, is it theme music from before, but also have its own sort of stamp. And during some of the more emotional and dramatic moments, it definitely helped. So now that just leads us to the conclusion, what did I think of Fantastic Beasts The Crimes of Grindelwald? Well I say, it's a good time. Not a great time, but a good time nonetheless. As someone who thought that the first film was not that good and was not really interested in watching another one, I found this film to be pretty fun, interesting way more intriguing than the last one and though it sets up a lot for the future films I find myself way more intrigued to see what happens now like I said before there are a lot more questions that you get given and while you get answers you're left with I think more questions than answers some of the story has like far too many extra layers of detail that just didn't need to be there um, some of the information that they're throwing at you is kind of hard to comprehend when there's just so much of it in such a short space of time and some of the characters for as good as they are just don't really amount to much if you don't care about them from the beginning however I just found this story to be a little bit more interesting with you know was it themes and uh, issues that just spoke to me more than the first film it was a little bit more serious better balance of uh, humor and action and the references to the Harry Potter universe became a lot more apparent with this one there's definitely starting to bridge a gap with you know with the appearance of Hogwarts uh, Dumbledore and some of these um, other characters who were talked about in the original film series I was like oh, okay some of this stuff is actually cool it didn't feel ham-fisted it felt natural and it worked and uh, just seeing some of these like you know familiar elements or hearing about some of these familiar elements definitely you know was it worked for me so yeah I mean if you're a Harry Potter fan you're probably gonna see this film regardless of what I was gonna say about it however if you were you know was it just curious but not sure whether you were gonna jump in on this I'd say give it a shot especially if you didn't like the first one you might like this one um, me and my sister again we weren't big fans of the last one we found this one pretty good so check it out so now it's on to you guys ladies and gentlemen what did you think of this film did you like it did you hate it did you um, do you want to see more of these films or are you literally just like oh they need to stop they're going to ruin the franchise I need to know so you know just drop me a comment in the comment section below or holler at me on Twitter where I am at the hypersonic 55 or at filmfocus55 Check out my blog, The Hypersonic 55. Actually, no, there's no the, just hypersonic55.wordpress.com. Check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes. Give me good ratings, please. I would appreciate it. And until the next time, ladies and gentlemen, this is The Hypersonic 55 signing out. Peace.